you're all very welcome to the National Leprechaun Museum podcast, Talking Stories. I'm Eleanor. I'm Tom. And uh, we're delighted to have you listening today, although um, this is, we're recording from very unusual circumstances, aren't we? Um, Much more different to the normal. We're recording from a museum that is currently closed to the public due to level three restrictions in Dublin city and county, which means that due to the public health emergency, all museums, galleries, cultural attractions and institutions and places of art and learning are closed. So there's a very small number of us here. And um, yeah, it's very strange to be working in a museum that is, well, where the the, the majority of the space is, is dark. Dark, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And there's always noises and there's always that you never know who's coming around the corner. Yes. There's yeah, there's expectation all the time. It's it's, it's it is quite strange. Um so yeah, but we'll make the best of it. And uh, that's what we're here doing here today, talking mm-hmm. stories. Yes indeed. It's October and uh October has at the end of the month one of our very well, a very special time of year. It is Samhain, uh or Halloween as we'd call it today. We'd always tell people that Samhain is uh, marks the dark half of the year from the bright half. So the Celtic New Year begins and ends at Samhain on November first, and that the year was marked in in, in two cycles: from Samhain to Bealtaine on May first, and then from Bealtaine to Samhain again. Uh, so it's getting darker. This is the dark half of the year. And as the nights are closing in, uh, there's no longer a grand stretch in the evenings as there would have been in the summer months. Uh, the harvest has come in. We've gotten what we've 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 reaped what we sowed, and now we have to settle in for the winter. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing. It's uh, there's an old saying that everyone has deaths at Halloween. Yes, and that just means that everything can be counted now mm-hmm. because you're right when you've harvested something suddenly now it's inside you're bringing in things that can sustain you for the next six months Mm -hmm. all all the jars of jam are actually on the shelves you can count them yes and say that's what's got to last us so it's a very interesting time and um the other thing that struck me was things start in the dark Mm -hmm. that the year begins in the dark part and if we think about anything everything comes out of the dark and um, it's not nothing, it's kind of everything. Because anything's possible in the dark. Yes. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean the dog isn't there in the corner or the chair or something to stub your toe on. Mm-hmm. It's just that they're not visible to us. And it's like ideas that come to you in nighttime. Yeah? You yeah. make them real in the daytime. Mm-hmm. But anything is possible. And I suppose that's the interesting thing about sound it's a day in the year so it's almost like the day is the year is 364 days and sound yes it's a, a you know and there's an old phrase log as eha a night and a day and it it actually meant a year and a day so it's an unusual way to say like you could divorce someone if you were apart or you're, you would lose your home if you were there were separate for more than a year and a day so again, really important. It's kind of what humans love is a ritual. Yes. Um, and this ritualizes um, death settling, uh, a reboot, a reset. Mm-hmm. And again, if it's happening in the dark, 
then who knows who pushed whom in the dark <laughs> or what choices were made in the dark. Mm. So I think probably now, 2020, is like a really good time to say, I think we need to reboot things a little bit. Indeed. Um, I think there's that's something that I've been thinking about a lot, how because of... Um, because of, 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 of COVID-19 and the effects it has had on societies around the world, uh, you know, we can't do the things we would normally do um, or go to the places we like or had to go. And um, I, 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 we, we can't partake in our usual rituals and traditions, you know, even from um, bigger li- life-changing ones like weddings and funerals and so on have completely changed uh, if they've for the ones that have gone ahead at all this year Mm. Um, and even then from the day-to-day you know you might have on your way to work for example you might have um, gone by the same route or stopped in the same shop to say hello to someone and if you're working from home you wouldn't be doing that anymore I'm also thinking of this because I've moved house recently and I'm trying to think of now, okay, what are my new rituals and routines for, for living my life in this in this new space, in this new place? Yeah. And um, what am I going to do to mark the, 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 the times changing and the different, you know, even from transitions from morning to afternoon to evening, people have different rituals for that. But, um, so... That's something that I've been thinking about. You know, we all, for those of us who who do celebrate Halloween, as many of us do here in Ireland, we might have to think about it a little differently. The, the big draw back is the lack of social interaction. That bit where you're sitting beside someone, mm. in front of someone, and having that interaction, and the um, the spontaneous as well. Yes. Um, we missed that somebody coming in the door, a knock on the door. As my father would have said, Dun Egan Duras, <laughs> everything suddenly stops. And I wonder who it could be. Yes. We're a little bit more programmed now. Only the people who were invited to the Zoom meeting are turning up. Yes. Um, and so that makes it kind of unusual. The other thing we miss really is the lack of touch. Um, we're not getting that. And, and I think we're being deprived of that. And that's something that. I think people begin to feel more and more, mm-hmm. you know, the, the natural, the green spaces we don't have access to, and mm-hmm. um, they, you know, it, it becomes quite critical to us now that actually they're the things we need in our lives. Yes, indeed. That's what's important, mm-hmm. um, and um, it just, it just, it's taken this point, I think, for people to really get to understand that or feel that. Mm-hmm. I think we all knew it already. Mm-hmm. It's just that we'd no way of, of really making it tangible and suddenly it's, it's come to the fore mm-hmm. but Halloween is going to be interesting where people would normally go door to door and where you might get to meet the neighbours that you may not have met before like if you've moved house or even the people you don't see week in week out because everybody's got busy lives suddenly uh, people are being social mm-hmm. in, their, in, in, in their local environment and that's really interesting and I think it's going to be a difficult one to navigate this year but Halloween has survived how many thousands of years? Um, or Samhain has survived. So it, I, I, I assume it's, it's past its pandemics, famines, yeah, <laughs> pestilence and black death. So it's I, got its badges. Yes, it, yes. It, it'll probably survive this one, even if, even if we don't. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I suppose um, 
you said something there that, that struck me. Um, this is um, emergency, I suppose, and the, the, all these lockdowns have offered people a chance to reflect and reboot and think about well, what's actually important and what we're and what we're missing um, during this or even before this. And um, I suppose, as we were saying before, with 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 Samhain, it's a time to reflect on this is what this is what we have to get us through the dark part the, this dark part of the year nothing else is coming really over the hill how are we going to deal with it how are we going to use this properly um and i think you know there's such thing as it's only going to get dark in Ireland anyway. It's only going to get darker and wetter and colder and windier and maybe sleetier and snowier and icier. Um, there's your forecast for the for the for the day. And um, you know, and there might be warm days, relative warm days in the middle of that. But at the same time, it's winter and it's cold and when. <laughs> If we're in the the period of it now, where the weather's changing a lot f throughout throughout the day, so you might go out thinking, "Oh, it's going to be really cold. I'll wrap up well," and then midday comes and you're taking it and you're taking off all your layers and wishing you'd worn a, a t-shirt or something. And I think there was a period where we'd thought we'd learned everything we could during lockdown and done everything we could during this period gotten everything gotten gotten everything useful out of it um and it seems like we were wrong and that the quicker we tried to shake this thing off it's told us it's we're not done with it yet and we shouldn't have dismissed it so easily because we were bored and i think that's something um, <laughs> I'm going off on a real tangent here, but there's when it's dis when in November and December, um, you know, we'd love for it to be May, June, July, but it's it's not that simple, and you have to go through the other end of it. I it's, don't know. <laughs> it's, it's going to be tough. I think yeah. it's going to be tough, and um. You know, facts don't care about our feelings. No, they don't. Um, and the darker it gets, and ordinarily when uh, the weather is is shitty outside, mm. we we'd probably go to the pub and huddle up together. Yeah. And there'd be a cup of tea, a hot porter, a pint of Guinness, mm -hmm. and a bit of chat, and maybe if you're lucky, a fire in the corner. Mm -hmm. Um, and that would be, uh, you would meet who you needed to meet. Mm -hmm. Um, and it would break the the routine and the monotony. So we're not being afforded that luxury at the moment. No. Um, and it is a luxury because that's something that I think pubs are built for the, the, the poor weather in Ireland. Yes. Um, you know, we rush to the place, we take off our wet coats, hang them by the fire, mm -hmm. and then hopefully get ourselves fortified a bit <laughs> for braving, braving back out into the dark night. <laughs> so I think we've got to be quite mindful of um, the long slog it is. And, you know, Spring is, yeah, it may just be around the corner, but it's a long corner, and it's not until the end of February that we begin to see that really change in the day. You know, mm -hmm. okay, maybe St. Bridget's Day at the beginning of February, but 
it's still cold mm -hmm. um, and still wet and miserable and you know uh, I want to see a few green leaves emerging so I can feel a bit better yes so anyway mm -hmm. even now we're being encouraged to socialize outdoors as much as possible which is um, not the most exciting prospect for anybody facing into these months well, yeah, and even when you're outdoors, you're not supposed to be singing or shouting or you know at each yeah. other, and that's a hard thing. So, mm. so on a on a brighter note. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think it's it's I I think it's necessary every so often to to take a second and go. No, everything has changed. It's okay to acknowledge it. Um, yeah, and that yeah. it's difficult, um, and that uh, we have to um, be kind -er to one another. Indeed. And ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, they kind of things. I mean, it was just, um, I think, about three weeks ago that someone from the, in Ireland, the National Public Health Emergency Team um, encouraged everybody in, in the country, in Ireland here, to, con to think about, because as dark and dreary winter is, there's also, um, you know, we've got a lot of celebrations and festivities to, to light it up. There is Halloween and Christmas and New Year's and if the, the, the dark weather goes on longer, Valentine's Day. Um, and to start putting thoughts and plans in place now for how we can celebrate those things safely. Um, so I suppose our, our hopes of a 2019 Christmas don't get dashed on the 20th of December oh yeah you know yeah um, and uh, yes yes I, I it's going to be very strange mm. um, and normally when we see people at Christmas and that would be a big family gatherings mm -hmm. that they might be well curtailed mm -hmm. um, and we have to be careful around people especially people who are more susceptible than we are so Indeed. it does make it does make it more difficult on the other hand Especially Christmas is one of Christmas and Halloween. I think um, are one of those th those more familial uh, celebrations and and festivals where you do end up a lot of the time doing the same thing every year okay. with your family, yeah. getting the the Halloween decorations and the Christmas decorations yeah. out of the press and putting on the same Christmas jumper or the okay. same black bin bag. Yeah, and um, for 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 trick or treating. Yeah. Um, but now it, you've actually we've actually all got an excuse to think about what we do want to keep and what if we have to to change this or that um, how we can do it maybe we don't have to you've got an excuse for not inviting that aunt you don't like this year okay. over to the house or um, for spending more time outdoors and actually specifically getting in contact with the people you've missed over the year yeah you know. So there's okay. there's an opportunity there, perhaps. Sure. Nothing. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So tell me more. Take me deeper into um, Samhain then. So, <laughs> um, on Samhain, it was said that this was a night where the veil between our world and the other world grew ever thinner and ever more permeable. So the danger was that the spirits of the dead would, would, would walk amongst us. And sometimes they were, they were friendly. Sometimes um, it would be 
the, your own members of your family, for example, who had passed on, who would want to check in on you and, and see how you were doing. So you'd prepare a feast for Samhain and leave a seat in the place at the table for that person, leave the front door and the back door open for them so they could pass through without any trouble. Um, and you'd also, in case they were running late that night, uh, whenever you and the household went to bed, you might leave some food for them on the table to partake in over the night while you slept. Um, but sometimes they weren't, maybe they weren't so friendly or were more strange. And you needed to be careful, you needed to be, needed to be on your guard. So, for example, if you were out walking at Samhain, you might turn your jacket or your coat inside out to disguise yourself a little. Um, or people and people and children might um, disguise themselves in masks and costumes, not so they would look like uh, Buzz Lightyear or Harley Quinn or whatever, but so they wouldn't look like themselves, and they wouldn't, or they, they wouldn't look like themselves, or they would try to scare the spirit, try to look monstrous and scary, so that the he said the, said the spirit wouldn't come and trouble them. Um, and we think this is probably where some version of trick-or-treating came out of, um, of, of, of people dressing up in, in fancy dress, in costumes, and running around town and running around to their neighbourhoods. Um, we actually have a question on that note, oh. if I may. Yes. Um, what would you, what would be your go-to costume for a fancy dress party? You have. I would have to go for for um, kind of jacket or something like that. That mm. would have to be. There was a uh, just on a funny note. There was a guy down at the end of my road, and uh, a gentleman of a certain age. Mm. And uh, when you'd knock on the door at Halloween, he would appear at the door. Um, but he would glide out the hall door because his kids were behind him. He was, had him standing on a skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> so all you'd see is his figure gliding out with the face all white. I thought that was really, uh, That's really, amazing. really, really good. And then he'd glide back again as they pulled him back in. <laughs> um, so it's very funny. Yes. Um, but uh, I, I think the other point that um, on sound is uh, it's the time of the year when the dead leave so anyone in the previous year who's died yes. they leave at sound mm -hmm. and they go to one of the dark places in ireland you know they march and um, and i i think part of it is out of that you know when people have these operations they have these out-of-body experiences yes so i get the feeling my impression is that when you die you are disembodied and the theory is that um a disembodied spirit might come back Mm -hmm. to try and inhabit somebody else or maybe they don't even know they're dead yes so making things strange in the house like everybody putting on strange uh, mm -hmm. costumes and also it's it's the reason they say that people stop a clock when someone's died yes. or cover the mirrors and also throw earth in a coffin it's to let the dead person know that they're actually dead mm -hmm. and it's time for them to move on to their next adventure um so it's interesting in a way that that's ritualized all those elements and um, the cycle of the year the cycle of our lives mm -hmm. uh, within that and it's a fun social thing with another side to it mm -hmm. and you can see that clearly in some of the movies that come out at halloween yeah. they are scary and i think that's meant to make us feel a bit more 
-hmm. and to maybe imagine that there are other things going on that aren't visible, mm -hmm. but we feel them or sense them. And how many times have you walked in somewhere and there's a creepy feeling in, a, in an old building or yeah. the hairs in the back of your neck rise up? There's something going on. We may not know exactly what it is, mm -hmm. but we sense it. I'm quite fond of the idea that, um, that, 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 that at some point someone would have thought, oh, you know, we don't know what happens on the other side when someone passes. Um, but what if our granny, what if, what if no one's, no one's there to, to, to properly tell her or, you know, she was always very forgetful, you know, she wasn't, she wouldn't pay attention to you if she wasn't interested in what you were saying. What if she isn't a hundred percent aware that she's actually dead, Yeah. you know, and she tries to come back, yeah. but you know, we, but we can't give her a shock. We, we, you know, instead of telling her outright and maybe making her upset, we'll just drop a few hints yes. in the house, you know, yes. just in case she comes. And Leave the back door open so you can wander off. Yeah. And perhaps you get caught up in the slewer. <laughs> and, uh, yeah? Yeah. March on. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Perhaps. Um, I'm always one of those people who thinks of like the perfect Halloween costume oh, yeah. in April. Yes. And then I go, this is so perfect. I don't need to write it down. I don't need to mark it on the calendar because I, it's so brilliant. I'm going to remember. And then I don't. Um, and I find myself stuck, you know, a week before Halloween. Um, but uh, I think... Uh, my go-to Halloween costume is probably uh, oh a spider, you know, with okay. legs. Um, I, I I maybe I'm cheating because I did this once a couple of years ago, um, where I stuffed you know t black tights yeah. with the legs and attached them all around my waist and dressed in black, and um, it was very fun. I imagine you know? my favorite description though is the one that Mark had of dressing up as a gorilla. Oh. in his front garden and making a cage <laughs> and when the kids would come around he'd pretend to be a wild animal trying to get out of the, the cage oh right, terrorising the poor kids <laughs> coming up so that was in my imagination just flew off I'm like King Kong in yeah. my front garden I was going, <laughs> what's not to like yeah. um, whenever I'd be trick or treating with my, with my brother and my friend um, when we were children we'd always half the time we'd be asked are you not going to sing a song or do a poem yes. or something you know you have to um, you know you have, to, you have to do something in exchange for yeah. you know the sweets the treats and we'd be like oh no um, and then the because I, I, I could sing then they'd be like Eleanor Eleanor sing sing you can sing and then uh, you know you'd have to do a few bars of something um, which didn't feel spooky at all, which did not feel in keeping with the, at the time, did not feel in keeping with the, um, um, with the holiday, because you're not even meant to know who I am, but, <laughs> um, but you do it anyway, and you get your treats, and you walk off happy. I, I think there was certainly something that you had to do a turn. Yes, of course. And yes. Um, it's one of the things still when you go to a party that someone might you might be asked to do a turn. Of course. Um, and so I think that for going around to people's houses, uh, I think at the end of the evening, everybody should do a turn. Mm. Um, but on, on when you're going from house to house, then something very small would suffice, I, I expect. Mm -hmm. Everyone should step out into the front garden and do their bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Halloween is, it might be one of the only, in certain areas, uh, socially acceptable times to, to walk around and knock on all your neighbour's doors. And yeah. And have a peek. Have a peek, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and they might not know who you are. Mm. Yeah, so you can have a good peek. Yes, indeed. Yes, and snoop even. <laughs> and see what's going on and who's got what. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. The the other thing that struck, strikes me about this holiday is that, it, like Christmas, it has its own special food. Yes. And uh, that's really interesting. So not only have we got, we've got a ritual we've, of going out, of you know, trick-or-treat, um, we've got dressing up, and mm -hmm. um, so we're we're kind of um, more relaxed because we're not really ourselves. Mm. We're able to experiment with who we are, yes. and it allows us to come back then later on to ourselves to go, well, how did that feel? Mm -hmm. um, but it's got its own particular food, um, and they're not crazy complicated food. No, not um, apples and nuts. And but also you have um, called cannon. Yeah. Um, you've got the money in in. The called cannon, mm -hmm. which is always interesting, I yeah. find. And then you have the barn brat yes. with all its bits in it, the ring, the stick, mm -hmm. the pea, um, <clears throat> which is, it, it's, I think it's, it's funny and it's extraordinary at the same time. Yes. Yeah. And so much of the, 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 the bobbing for apples, either in the, um, um, in the, in the, in the bowl of water or from a, you know, from a string. Yeah. Uh, in midair, or the Kalkanen, or the Barnbrack, so much of it is there's a lot of the element of, of chance in your food all of a sudden. So <laughs> well, it depends yeah. on you know who's usually making your food, but uh, and it might be an element of chance there too. I've seen the one with the apple <clears throat> where it's hanging down on a stick, and at the other end of the stick is a, a lit candle, and the apple is then spun, so there's a candle spinning and the apple spinning. And your job is to try and take a bite out of the apple and not the lit candle. Oh my god! Um, so that makes it quite exciting. Um, <laughs> and I think there is a, a huge um, appetite in some of these festivals for uh, people to be made to look foolish or the chance of being looking foolish. Yeah. Um, where everybody's brought to a level. Mm -hmm. uh, so be it rich man or poor man or uh, the head guy or the, so there is that thing where everybody's pegged it. we can all be foolish it's just this happens in public now yes. yeah. um, and when we're not meant to look like ourselves either yeah Yeah. so there's a whole lot of stuff that's kind of giving us a chance mm. at rebooting Yes. Uh, reimagining and experimenting yes. in a safe place <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, there seems to be quite a bit about sound that tracks across a lot of things so we've got what things look like and uh, what things taste like mm. what they feel like <laughs> so we're tapping into maybe most of the senses that are going on and then that sense of the other world or the sense of you know unease indeed yeah. um where we a day where where we let ourselves wonder and we let ourselves doubt yeah yes yes um and it's probably very as a ritual to go through that is probably quite nice mm. uh, and we're doing it in a social setting um, and it, what the other interesting thing is unlike Christmas which is extended in, in you know into early October now Halloween comes and goes almost in a flash yes and um, there doesn't tend to be that big 
commercial. Yeah, there, okay, there's dressing up and there's trick there's there's things, but mm. there isn't the big present giving. There isn't the, the big capital expenses. Mm. It's it's still a, a home experience, domestic. Yes. Um, or festival. Homemade. Yeah. Yeah. Where and then and you, and I agree. And some of the best um, qualities of it are those bits that make us ourselves. Mm. So that turn up that's carved to look like a face, or you know those things we put out rather than a plastic pumpkin. Um, that's what makes it more visceral, more real, yeah. and and more domestic. Yes, home and heart. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Even if this and, and especially so this year perhaps. Yeah, we'll just yes, we'll see we'll see what happens. I think people will still go out on the street. Mm. Um, I just don't think they'll be as. Uh, no one's going to be as approachable as no. that. So maybe the spectacle will be bigger. Perhaps. Because you literally see it from a distance, so we we'll, we'll have more mummies. Yeah, yes. we're <laughs> blood everywhere. <laughs> so, what else are we associating with them? Um, if it's that important a festival, then yes, of course, there are things that happen at that time. So, isn't doesn't Fionn McCool become leader of the Fina at Halloween? He does. Um, so, I suppose if you were going to say, um this happened at that time it should be a fairly momentous event at a momentous time of course is that yeah so some of the some of our so uh, more well-known stories or the well-known events happen um and the spookier the better i suppose indeed um and i'm reminded of that story about nira and the corpse Oh. that um, we went to see um, uh, the cave of the cats oh yes um, in Rathcrohan and it is a spooky place um, and it is a place where the, de- the, the, the giant cat comes out to terrorise the countryside at Halloween um, but it's at, it was at a feast that Maeve had organised at Halloween um, and I think she was probably annoyed by the boys who were bigging themselves up after a few beers in the hall mm. and they were shouting and cheering and everyone was boasting about what they'd done in the past year and a lot of slagging off gone on and uh, I think she felt that there was time to put a bit of schmacht on these guys so she said I, I can see that you all think you're very brave mm. and you know when someone of that power says something with uh, with no known outcome you kind of sort of take a step back and say I wonder where this is going Yes. and she said I wonder which among you would be the bravest and they're all nudging each other then or kicking each other on the table um, and she fixes her eye on the rafters in the ceiling and it's completely dark up there and the only light's really the small candles on the table the fire going and she says up in the rafters there there's a man who thought he was brave mm. um, he said he beat his wife so I had him beaten um, but he didn't learn his lesson so we beat him again and we beat him and broke his legs and stuck them in a birdcage and hung him up there in the rafters this time last year 
and he's been up there a year and the only things he gets to eat is whatever he, if he begs someone will fling him up a bit of meat or a bit of bread maybe dipped in wine or gravy so no one's quite sure whether he's alive or dead and I'd like someone to go up there and just check him out now the priest said it's dark up there so we really can't see what's going on so here and she took a small willow twig and made it into a round braided it and held it up and she said which among you is brave enough to go up there and fasten this round his wrist and of course there's always somebody who's brave and stupid Indeed. and this man turned out to be Nira and man young man and he climbed up the sidewall slung himself across the rafters and monkey like scrambled and he found the cage up there and inside was some kind of ball of rags with bits sticking in it and a fetid horrible smell and he assumed that the man had died and was now decaying so he quickly leant down got the willow twist in his hand and began to shove it over the man's wrist and as he did the wrist shot up and grabbed and said water water now there was not expecting this the dead man come to life and it was only possible probably at Halloween was this guy alive or dead was it Halloween what was going on but he couldn't get his hand out of the cage and the man kept whispering water in this raspy horrible voice bring me some water and Nira said you'll have to let go of my wrist and the man said bring me to water Nira reached in opened the bird cage and the man unfolded himself out of the bird cage without letting go near his wrist he took his other arm and stretched it round near his neck and brought his elbow tight in against near his throat his stinky breath was right in his face bring me to water and he let go near his wrist and firmly clamped like a crab to Nira Nira scrambled down the wall and everybody began to see the figure emerge out of the dark this horrifying thing stuck to his back like some alien everybody backed themselves away from Nira the door opened from the outside and Nira wandered out into the darkness word travelled so quickly you could not believe it every house he went to the doors were shut the lights were off and eventually he found one house where the man was drunk inside hadn't heard the news about some terrible curse a dead man riding another man round the countryside Nira knocked on the door and the man said yes inside water 
There's some outside, he said. Indeed, there was a bucket of water right outside the door. Nearly bent down, scoops him up in his hand and offered it up to the corpse. The corpse stuck out its dry tongue and realised that the water he'd been given was the water for washing people's feet before they went into the house. The corpse was disgusted and he spat it out. As he spat it out, the water turned to flames and the house door caught fire. And he continued to spit at the house until the whole house was engulfed in flames. The people ran out of the house, even the drunk man banged into Nera and the corpse slid off Nera's back and Nera ran back to the feasting hall. But as he arrived back in the feasting hall, he realised that everything had changed and not exactly for the better. And if you want more of that story, you'll have to tune in again. <laughs> For God's sake! <laughs> that was a spooky Halloween story. It was. It creeped me out. It creeped me out. I swan. And I can... I wasn't... Um, I didn't get to go on that field trip with you to Rath. Crowhan, but from what I hear of it, I can very much imagine that being the setting for such a story. It's, uh, the cave is triangular, mm. so you've got to climb under this fallen yak, which um, big stone, mm. and it's the first mention of the word Maeve and Ohm written under on the underside. You can't see it till you go actually underneath the stone, mm. and it's a hole in the ground beside a tree with a fallen stone. Um, and when you go in, it rises up cathedral-like into um, into like a spire inside. Wow. And you walk down, down, down. The, the, the floor falls away and the roof gets higher and higher and higher. And then the back end of the cave is filled up with muck. As if there could be something. It always has that kind of air of Tutankhamun's tomb. If only we could get past the muck, what would we find? Um, so it leaves a lot for the imagination um, and it's a limestone environment so you can imagine it's kind of dreeping down the side the walls are bright because of the limestone colour um, so it has a lot going on a lot of spookiness um, but you do get filthy yeah I can imagine yeah. <laughs> but that's all part of it though I suppose it's, it's pretty visceral yeah yeah <laughs> and there again um a part of the, the the challenge there at the start of the story was to was for these young was for these lads to test their 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 bravery, test their metal. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes in Halloween there's a a, a, a part of that as well, like um, with your game with the, the, that you mentioned with the apple and the candle. Yeah. Yeah. Or. Um, I dare you. I dare you. Yeah. Yes. Truth or dare, and. Um, it's yeah a night for for testing the, the 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 limits of our world and the other worlds like with with bloody mary or someone might break out a ouija board and there's a lot of divination going on yes um the wax and the water mm -hmm. um then there are um the saucers on the table uh, with the water the clay the money so you blindfold people and they touch 
one of the saucers and it is clay is going to be someone a death in the family the water someone's going away the money you're going to commit to money and there there's a range of different things and um, who your husband might be or your wife or your future partner and mm-hmm. um, and there's all kinds of ways of doing that and um, the the nut in the fire you know, jumping out of the fire and mm-hmm. um, so there's a whole raft of stuff going on i think it's people playing with their fears and aspirations yes um, and that's what you know our most interesting topic is ourselves mm-hmm. um, and anything that kind of reinforces your idea of yourself or plays with your idea of yourself mm. is really intriguing for us um, and in you know in a world where everything is images we get you know our feed from our phones and we're looking at images the whole time it's a bit more visceral mm-hmm. um, it's a bit more grounded yeah. um, and I think that's quite important as, as again, I, I, what, what I think the, the, the lockdown has taught us is that screens don't provide the other, the, the real necessary elements in our lives, mm-hmm. which is nature, other people, a sense of ourselves, uh, and a, a, well, a sense of well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, and screens don't provide that and never will do. Um, and images are always something that has already happened. Yes. You can't make an image of something that's going to happen. No. So there, it's it's more reductive. It's like the Lady of Shalott, you know. The mirror cracked. She could only see things in the mirror. She was cursed never to be able to look out the window. Oh yes. And but she turned, and the mirror cracked, and her world, as the mirror cracked, her world fell apart because she constructed this idea of the world and herself. It was, it's a kind of Victorian mores in, in that the world was constructed for her, mm-hmm. uh, a socially rigid structure. Um, and this is a way of saying that's not a satisfactory way of being. So, I'll ask you one more question, mm. I think, and then we'll wrap this up. Uh, we said earlier that Halloween, at Halloween, everyone has debts. Yeah. And it's a time for paying your debts and squaring things up before the long winter, and also for uh, taking stock of what you have that'll get you through the winter, whatever it is that you've squirreled away. Um, is there anything that you've gathered for yourself to spend over the next while at this time? Well, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because mm. this year, more than any, it's um, we, we've been locked down mm. uh, and locked up again. Mm, locked up again. Yeah, yep. uh, locked in, locked out, locked up. Two for two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so... It, it is a question now of saying, well, what what do we have? How do we measure out that? Yes. Um, and it looks likely that there's another six months of this to continue. And you are actually looking at the cupboard and going, well, that's for that month, that's for that month. Mm-hmm. Um, and you are relying on, you know, um, there there was a time when it was more quidditch up it's gone quidditch. Yeah, so time of plenty, time of not plenty. Mm. Um, and as you get towards the end of the cupboard, um, perhaps those um, uh, snack bars you bought on holidays as uh, that weren't really a good idea, but that's all that's left. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're getting down to the brass tacks of, of things. Um, so that's interesting this year. I think it's going to be for a lot of people it's going to be that. Mm. Um, making do. Yeah. Um, and getting through I think it's, it will change the way people I, because it's going on so long people's habits will be will change 
Yeah. And those habits will be reinforced and that change will solidify. Um, so that would be very interesting. Um, and uh, there'll be a real dichotomy, I, I think, between uh, the PlayStation and everything else. The stuff we do on our screens, the stuff we do individually, and then the other, how do you say, the more uh, sensible world, like the more sensory world. The sensory world. Yeah. Mm. Um, being outside, being in nature, being social, mm. um, having those kind of experiences, and, and then that, that highly individual, and I know there's a social component to um, network games, and mm. yeah, but it's not the same. Mm. Um, so that's I suppose it's what habits we've built up and that's part of um, our store of our harvest from this uh, I don't know what that Brian Keenan thing comes to mind that evil cradling mm. um, but this harvest of, of this COVID harvest and the fruits of that are our habits um, be they good or ill mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that's going to be really strange and no doubt it'll be difficult for people and we must remember to be kind to ourselves and others. Yes, indeed. I think the other thing that, as you were speaking, comes to mind is that we live, at the, you know, uh, uh, in the, the hinterland of Western Europe in a very benign and pleasant place. Yes. Um, there are lots of people around the world who are, are dealing with uh, struggles day in, day out and indeed. for years on end. And lock, lockdown itself is a huge privilege to be able to do to be able to afford to be able to do it yeah yes. absolutely and I, I think we you know we have luckily a, a place that's free from more and want in general terms mm. um, and um, so it's just uh, hopefully that will long continue that I may have the privilege of benefiting from that for a long long time but I'm I'm you know very aware that, that lots of people in lots of different places they don't have that luxury mm -hmm. I think um when you know when we um, take th tours through the museum and tell people about this, the you know the the, the folklore of, of Irish people uh, through the years and through the centuries, um, sometimes we have to say you know well these were very different times. We didn't have the access to information that we do now, and you know we had came up with different ways for explaining the mysteries of the world around us and you didn't know how long your life was going to be sometimes in a lot of respects and now again where we're faced with this unseen ever-growing danger um this because this you know <laughs> i mean you might you might uh, step away from someone on public transport if they cough near to you but Stories that were recorded, say, in the 19th century that you could read in a book here today, even if you, you, you learnt it off word by word and, and told it to someone, it still would not be the same story that the person who wrote it, who wrote it down and recorded it in that book heard it in 1850 or whatever, because the context and whatever and the things that the listener and the storyteller are, are picturing in their heads as they experience the story are completely different. No, I, I completely, but, it, it, but it's an, um, it is a process between the listener and the, the, the teller. Yes. 
um, and that exists at every moment when a story is told. Mm. Um, so the context is told in are, are, are shared experiences. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it is about your lived experience. Yes. You can only bring in what you knew yesterday into the conversation. Mm -hmm. um, and the skill of the storyteller is to bring people along on that journey and say things that resonate with them. Yes. Um, and feed off the listener mm -hmm. to see what's landing and augment that and, and understand the cadences and how, how the story is constructed and bring it to a, a successful or unsuccessful mm -hmm. conclusion. Mm. Um, so, yes, we can't immediately go back, and but nor should we. Mm -hmm. I think everything's got to be relevant and you have to engage people first. Mm -hmm. And that means engaging them at a level that they can come in on mm -hmm. um, in order to make the story yeah, relevant to them. Of course. Um, I think that with this with this, 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 this invisible and terrifying threat and danger that has us, you know, sitting indoors, looking out at the dark, wondering how close or far it may be to us, um, perhaps resonates on some older, deeper level. The idea that, you know, at the end, you know, we're all... Um, despite everything despite everything and how we we live with and how we live we are all um very much human and not so different maybe from people in the past no not at all not just at all. yeah not at all yeah i think we have the same fears and hopes as they did i think we're a, a, a little bit less um highs and lows Mm. I think there's uh, more evenness now than um, there was in the past. Mm -hmm. um, that excitement, um, the emotional roller coaster of, um, it, and, and it is it is largely I I I suspect to do with the um, the feast or famine mentality, where if when things are good they're really good, but they're only good for a short period of time. So you eat drink and make merry mm -hmm. because tomorrow we die yes. um, and um, there is many many um, uh, recordings of the um, mass hysteria in the past where um, people uh, you know these uh, these mass processions on the death of someone or the arrival of someone or the uh, threat of war um, and those huge outpourings of grief and joy um that that were common enough in in the middle era of Europe, and mm. um, we just don't have that. And it's this, but everything could change on the flip of a coin. Of course. Um, and on that note, um, <laughs> thank you so much for uh, for joining us today, uh, Tom. Thank you so much thank for you, joining Anna. me for this conversation. I very much enjoyed it. I. And I hope that I get to hear the end of your story soon. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, um, okay. we hope you have a very safe and enjoyable Halloween and Samhain. And mind yourselves. Thank you again. Bye. Bye.